1: You know, this fourth indictment of Donald Trump really hit me differently than the other ones. The other ones made me mad, sure. They were unfair, sure. They even rose to the level of being completely unjust, sure, banana republic. But this one hit home in a different way because this one is not about Trump the way that the other indictments are about Trump. So Trump has been indicted four different times now. This particular indictment from Fulton County Georgia from the prosecutor, Fannie Willis. There's 41 total counts, not just Trump. There's 19 total defendants. Trump is charged with 13 counts. This one hit differently because the other ones, the one in Manhattan, the one about the classified documents, the other one about the classified documents seem very personal towards Trump. It seems like individuals who have a visceral hatred of Donald Trump are trying to see Donald Trump personally be put in jail. They are politically trying to prevent Donald Trump, the, the politician from being president of the United States again, and it's unfair. It's unjust, it's completely wrong. It's a weaponization of the federal government, but this fourth indictment is different because this indictment impacts you and I. This indictment is not just about trying to harm President Trump financially, try to harm his reputation and try to harm his political longevity. This. Indictment has direct implications on what we are going to be allowed to say, on how we are going to be allowed or disallowed from criticizing the radical left. And I want to back up here before we even get into this indictment, remember that the grand jury in Fulton County, Georgia, who has supposedly been investigating these charges against Trump were led by a grand jury four person who made this comment on the news several months ago. This com- this is the grand jury four person Take a listen. I
2: personally want to hear from the former president. I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really
0: cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in, I just, I kind of he just thought that would be an awesome moment.
1: You just thought that would be an awesome moment to weaponize the government so that you can wield power over President Trump. Like what the F? What is going on here? This is the grand jury person. And then we have the Fulton County Sheriff who confirmed to the public that when President Trump surrenders for his arraignment, they will be taking a mugshot this time. Take a listen to this.
0: We are following our, part, our, our normal practices. And so it doesn't matter your status. We're, we we have mugshots ready
1: We'll have mugshots ready for you. We'll have mugshots ready for you. And when you see President Trump's mugshot, he's supposed to surrender by August 25th, so it's going to be within the next 2 weeks. It's not just going to be Donald Trump. Here's the progression. This is the real reason behind this indictment of Donald Trump. It's different than the other 3. This indictment of Donald Trump included supposed alleged co-conspirators because the left is finally ramping up the plan that they have been laying the groundwork for for the past seven years. The progression is first they came for Donald Trump, which they've done in Manhattan, the district attorney, this, this the National Archives and the special counsel, Jack Smith, they came for Trump. Then after they come for Trump, they're going to come for those associated with Trump. So that's the other, the, what is it, 19 defendants, including Trump. So 18 others besides Trump. Then The step after that is they're gonna come for people associated with Trump. So it's not just gonna be these alleged co-conspirators. It's gonna be people in the news, commentators, other politicians who texted Trump encouraging him in his narrative that the election was stolen from him. And then they're gonna come for conservatives in general, conservatives who are speaking opinions that they don't like because the goal all along has been the ultimate goal of all of these indictments, which is coming to fruition in this fourth indictment of Donald Trump, has been the criminalization of free speech. We have seen this trajectory, you and I have been tracking this trajectory on this show for years now. How the Department of Justice, the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security have redefined the word speech. They've redefined words. They've told us that speech isn't just, oh, words, sticks and stones may may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. No, no, they now say that words will hurt you. Words are actual violence. If you speak words that are considered hate speech, as defined by the left, then it can cause other people actual physical harm. And the reason this seems ridiculous, it seems absurd, the reason they're doing this is because if they can define our speech as actual violence, then they feel perfectly justified trying to shut it down. They feel perfectly justified punishing us for it. They feel perfectly justified putting us in prison for a violent offense, not a real violent offense, but an offense that they have deemed to be violent based on the fact that they don't like the words that we are speaking. That is what we are watching unfold before our very eyes. We're going to look through this indictment because when you pull out the individual charges, it becomes perfectly apparent exactly what the left is doing. They're not just going for Donald Trump. They're coming for all of us
2: More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
2: Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: It hits differently. This indictment hits differently. and The visceral reaction that I had when they handed down this indictment and I started reading it, was very different than the other ones. The other ones were wrong, and I had passionate responses to them because it's unfair for the federal government or the Democrats in charge of the federal government to target their political opponent, which is Donald Trump. But it wasn't quite associated with us yet. It was, it, it certainly could happen to us if we were in the position Trump was in, but it wasn't the plan of the left had not fully come to fruition. It hadn't become evident that our speech was going to be on the chopping block. Next. So by the way, the state of Georgia, this is a point that is very important to be made. The governor of Georgia has no power to pardon someone who's been convicted in the state of Georgia. This is different than a lot of states. Most governors have the power to pardon convicted felons, but the governor of Georgia does not. The president of the United States also cannot pardon people who've been convicted of state crimes. The president can only pardon people who've been convicted of federal crimes. So if president Trump is convicted in Georgia, then it doesn't matter if there's a Republican governor that it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter if there's a Republican president, neither of them have the power to pardon. Um, in fact, you can only submit for a pardon in the state of Georgia after you've been incarcerated for five years. And then you submit that to the parole board. Um, it's no coincidence that this is all happening in Georgia In the state of Georgia state trials can be televised. So You can see why the left has put all their time and effort, their focus, into Georgia, because Georgia is the exact state where they believe they can be shielded from any sort of accountability for their wrongdoing in targeting President Trump. But these are the charges that have been levied against President Trump and his associates. If we could bring up element number three here, apparently it is now illegal in the United States of America to advocate for signature verification on absentee ballots. This is what the indictment reads, on or about the 27th day of December 2020, Mark Meadows, sent a text message to the office of the Georgia Secretary of State investigator, Francis Watson, that stated in part, quote, is there a way to speed up Fulton County signature verification in order to have results before January 6th if the Trump campaign assists financially? The indictment reads, this was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. So advocating for an increase in signature verification on ballots is now apparently illegal in the United States. Element number four, if we could bring that one up. Apparently so is telling the American people, voters, citizens of our great nation to call their lawmakers. That apparently is illegal now. This is what the indictment reads. On or about the seventh day of December, 2020, Rudy Giuliani caused to be tweeted from the Twitter account, Rudy Giuliani, a retweet of unindicted co-conspirator Individual8 whose identity is known to the grand jury, that stated, Georgia Patriot call to action. Today is the day we need you to call your state Senate and house reps and ask them to sign the petition for a special session. We must have free and fair elections in Georgia and this is our only path to ensuring every legal vote is counted. And he tagged real Donald Trump. The indictment reads, this was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. Think about this guys, how many times on this show have we said, call your state senator, call your representatives, call your politicians, let them know how you feel. All the time, I I couldn't even count how many times we've done that. This is is the way that we petition our government for a redress of grievances. This is the way that we, as the represented, make sure that our representatives are representing us. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has
3: anyone seen the bride and groom? Computer Solitaire,
2: huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Okay. Apparently, quoting the Constitution. This is element number five. Is also illegal according to the prosecutor Fannie Willis in Fulton County, Georgia. On or about the fifth day of January, 2021, Donald John Trump caused to be tweeted from the Twitter account, Real Donald Trump, quote, the vice president has the power to reject fraudulently chosen electors, end quote. According to the indictment, this was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. Floating an idea about how the constitution could possibly be used is a crime. Um, On or about the 11th day of December 2020, David Schaefer reserved room 216 at the Georgia State Capitol in Fulton County, Georgia for the December 14th, 2020 meeting of Trump presidential elector nominees in Fulton County, Georgia. This was an overt act of furtherance of the conspiracy. So renting rooms, you're apparently not allowed to do either. Renting rooms. Think about that, renting a room. You are also not allowed to ask for phone numbers. This is element number seven. If you ask for phone numbers of elected representatives, this is prohibited, according to the Fulton County, Georgia prosecutor. This is what the indictment reads. On or about the 21st day of November, 2020, Mark Meadows sent a text message to the United States Representative Scott Perry from Pennsylvania and stated, quote, can you send me the number for the speaker and leader of the Pennsylvania legislature? POTUS wants to chat with them, end quote. This is what the indictment reads. This was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy, asking for the phone number of a representative. And then of course, we get to the real reason for this indictment. This is element number eight. We could bring this up on the screen. President Trump's speech. The indictment reads, on or about the fourth day of November 2020, Donald John Trump made a nationally televised speech falsely declaring victory in the 2020 presidential election. Approximately four days earlier, on or about October 31st, 2020, Donald John Trump discussed a draft speech with an unindicted co-conspirator, individual number one whose identity is known to the grand jury, that falsely declared victory and falsely claimed voter fraud. The speech was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. His speech, his opinion, his observation that fishy things happened in the 2020 election now constitute a conspiracy charge. You see why this hits differently. It probably hit differently for you too because it's not just about Trump. First, they come for Trump. Then they come for people associated with Trump. Then they're gonna come for conservatives dissenting. That means you and I are going to be on the chopping block next. Our free speech is on the line. Harmate Dillon quoted this, is, uh, not tweeted, posted on X, I mean. Harmie Dillon posted on X, this is element number 10, about those who were giving Trump legal advice, regardless of whether you agree with the legal advice. This is what she said. Giving legal advice, even theoretically bad or wrong legal advice, should never be criminalized in this country. The fact that lawyers are scared to even say this today is a testament to the chilling effect of the politicized indictments and bar witch hunts of recent years. That's exactly right. There's a reason why a president is supposed to have executive privilege. It's so he can discuss good ideas and bad ideas with his advisor. If he's not able to discuss bad ideas with his advisors, then he risks actually propagating bad ideas if simply discussing a bad idea is a crime. And that's even, even, I guess, accepting for the sake of the argument, the premise that what he was discussing or the advice that he was being given was bad advice. It doesn't matter. Sean Davis, of The Federalist, it compared this very apropos what's happening to Trump to what's happening to, uh, what's not happening to Hunter Biden. This is element 11. Sean says, understand where we are. They inked a secret deal with Joe Biden's bag man son to keep him out of prison for money laundering, bribery, tax evasion, and influence peddling. And they're criminally charging Trump for tweeting at people to turn on the TV. Because of course, Turning on the TV is also part of this indictment. It says, on or about the third day of December 2020, Donald John Trump caused to be tweeted from the Twitter account, Real Donald Trump, "quote Georgia hearings now on OANN, amazing, end quote. The indictment reads, this was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. Can you imagine telling people to turn on their TVs and watch a government proceeding is now an act of conspiracy? Meanwhile, the prosecutor, Fannie Willis, is refusing to say whether she has been in communication or is colluding with special counsel Jack Smith. Republicans in Congress, you can tweet about this all you want, but there are acts that you can actually take that would make a difference here. You can subpoena Fannie Willis and the communications between Fannie Willis and Jack Smith, between Fannie Willis and the Department of Justice, and find out between Fannie Willis and the Biden administration even, and find out what that collusion has been. Because make no mistake, there is collusion here. There's also things that Republicans at the local level can do here. Republican district attorneys can play by the same rules that the Democrats apparently are saying it's totally fine to use. And that is Republican DAs can indict Democrats who have committed crimes. Democrats like Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Democrats like James Comey and Jim Clapper. Democrats like Hillary Clinton All of these, I mean, think about in 2016, the chance that the Trump rallies were lock her up about Hillary Clinton, but what happened when Trump got in office? Nothing, nothing, because we didn't wanna make the appearance of targeting a political enemy. Well, if the Democrats are gonna do it, Republican DAs ought to do it too. Give Democrats a little taste of their own medicine, make them a little less bold in weaponizing the power of government to target Republicans. And in this case, Republicans are completely morally fine doing this because the Democrats have actually committed crimes that they deserve to be indicted for. Vivek Ramaswamy had a very good response to this indictment of President Trump. This is element number 14. If we could bring this on the screen. He wrote, here we go again, another disastrous Trump indictment. It's downright pathetic that Fulton County publicly posted the indictment on its website even before the grand jury had finished convening. Since the four prosecutions against Trump are using novel and untested legal theories, it's fair game for him to do the same in defense, immediately file a motion to dismiss for a constitutional due process violation for publicly issuing an indictment before the grand jury had actually signed one. He could make, he should make a strong argument on these grounds and it would send a powerful message to the ever expansive prosecutorial police state. As someone who's running for president against Trump, I'd volunteer to write a brief to the court myself. Prosecutors should not be deciding U.S. presidential elections, and if they're so overzealous that they commit constitutional violations, then the cases should be thrown out and they should be held accountable. Vivek is 100% correct, 100% correct. In fact, his response is better than the response that we heard from Ron DeSantis, So DeSantis responded to the Trump indictments and I wasn't super impressed with his response, which we're gonna break down right now. Let's bring this up on the screen. This is is his response.
3: So I haven't had a chance to read it all, but I will tell you is Atlanta has huge problems with crime right now. And there has been an approach to crime which has been uh, less than exacting. Uh, I think there've been criminals that have let out that shouldn't have been let out. And so they're now doing an inordinate amount of resources uh, to try to shoehorn this contest over the 2020 election into a RICO statute, which was really designed to be able to go after organized crime, uh, not necessarily to go after uh, political activity. And so uh, I think it's an example uh, of this criminalization of politics. Uh, I don't think that this is something that's good for the country. But I think a lot of Republican voters are looking at some of the things that have happened, whether it's the Department of Justice, uh, whether it is some of the things that have happened local. Uh, and I think the question is, okay, what are we gonna do about it? And I've already said as president, you know, we are gonna end the weaponization of federal agencies like the DOJ and FBI. We'll have a new director we will have new leadership in the DOJ uh, we're gonna make sure that there's a single standard of justice in this country now in terms of some of these local DA's in Florida we've actually uh, suspended two one in Tampa one in Orlando uh, over the last year uh, for failure to 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 follow their duties and responsibilities and as president uh, we will lean in uh, against some of these local prosecutors if they are not uh, following the law or if they are abandoning their duty to enforce the law, law evenly. So um, I think that I don't know how it's going to affect anything politically. Uh, for me, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, let's get this country in a good direction. Uh, we need to have confidence in our justice system again. But before we get there, you know, we need major, major accountability.
1: What I need is I need Savage DeSantis to show up in a moment like this. this, This is completely notwithstanding the fact that he's competing against President Trump for the Republican presidential nomination right now. You didn't have time to read the indictment. This indictment is one of the most significant political developments that I can remember. It's not just about Trump. It's not just about putting Trump in jail. It's not just about preventing Trump from being president. All of that is bad enough. This is something that could impact us. I mean, how difficult is it to come out and say, this is a tyrannical abuse of power And not just, oh, we're going to stop the weaponization of the federal government. What does that mean? Are you going to abolish the FBI? Are you going to abolish the Department of Homeland Security? Are you going to raise the organizations that have violated the constitutional rights of American citizens? Because a new director at the FBI is not enough. And then at the end, I don't know how this is going to impact me. Let me tell you, this is going to impact all of us. All of us. It's not just President Trump. It's not just the people who were supporters of President Trump. Every conservative will be impacted by this indictment if we allow it to happen. If we just say, well, let justice take its course. If we as Republican representatives, as Republican DAs, as state legislatures, don't take action to stop the Democrats, it will impact every single one of us. And by the way, it's worth noting that You can criticize President Trump's accusations of voter fraud all you want. I think at the very beginning after 2020, none of us were sure exactly where the fraud or fishy behavior or electioneering had happened. That's fine. Some of the theories that he had floated turned out not to be accurate. And he didn't know where some of the biggest fraud and biggest electioneering actually was at the time. I don't care about that. I don't care if he was right from the get-go or if it took time to uncover the conspiracy that Democrats had inflicted on our nation. But make no mistake, there was fishy behavior in Fulton County, Georgia. There was serious abnormalities, and that's putting it nicely, with ballot counting and duplicate ballots in Fulton County, Georgia. Tucker Carlson covered it back when he was on Fox. Take a listen to this.
0: It now appears there actually was meaningful voter fraud in Fulton County, Georgia last November. That is not a conspiracy theory, it's true. From the beginning, this show has tried to be fact-based when we talk about the 2020 election results. So here's what we know tonight, factually. At least 36 batches of mail-in ballots from the November election were double-counted in Fulton County. That's a total of more than 4,000 votes. Those numbers come from a group called Voter GA, which along with Bob Cheely sued to get them. The final tally from the double counts we know about amounts to more than... 3,300 votes for Joe Biden and 865 votes for Donald Trump. Now, before you dismiss Bob Cheely and voter GA as dishonest partisan actors, keep in mind that the strongly left of center Atlanta Journal-Constitution appears to agree with this, at least in outline. The newspaper reviewed the available digital ballot images independently and concluded that hundreds of ballots were improperly duplicated. What does that look like exactly? Well, here's what it looks like. At a press conference yesterday, a consultant with voter GA called David Cross showed how we can be certain that votes in Fulton County were counted more than once. Watch.
1: Okay, we can stop it right here. This video is a lot longer. It's, this is, this is about a six minute video and you can watch the full thing, the full report that Tucker did. We covered, we also covered this on um, this show at the time. But the fact of the matter is, if you have that discussion that Tucker's having, you make those allegations, What's stopping an indictment of you? What's stopping an indictment of me? What's stopping an indictment of any of our speech if speech that the left doesn't like has been labeled a crime? All right, we have one more random thing from the internet. This is a wildly viral video. You've probably seen it already. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. An Australian girl is triggered that there are so many American flags flying in America. Take a look. I'm just gonna say it. There are too many American flags. Like, they're on houses, they're on cars, saw them on couch cushions. Like, I don't know who's making these American flags, but they'd be making a bloody fortune. And like, you're the only country that I know that does this. Like, the only time I think I've ever seen an Australian flag is like on the Harbour Bridge. Could not tell you what it looks like. Like, I know it's like blue and it's got some stars on it, but I, I think I could draw the American flag from memory. Like, I think I could make a bloody sculpture out of it. That's how many times I've seen it. It's enough. Let's pull back on it, okay? Let's stay humble. And I think she unintentionally hit the nail on the head. The reason we fly the American flag is because we are proud to be American. The reason we fly the American flag is so that people know it by heart, just like she knows it by heart, so that we're not, like she is, unable to recognize the flag of our own country. Sorry, it sounds to me like Australia sucks and the United States of America has come out on top once again. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.